So what we want to talk about today uh, is in this series, uh, Dying to Live, How God Turned Everything Upside Down. This is the last one. Next Sunday is Palm Sunday. Uh, So you'll want to uh, be tuned in especially for that one. Um, But uh, what we really want to talk about is how God brings good out of bad. Uh, and I know sometimes it's hard to see that. It's hard to see the good in the midst of it, uh, especially at first. I think we're kind of consumed with all the, the parts and pieces of that and the initial trauma. And, you know, I'm kind of like a lot of you. It's like, how did we get here? It's just I can't believe uh, we're here. And, and yet we are. We're in a place where everybody's being told to stay home. And we don't know for sure how long that's going to last. And, and uh, we have friends that have caught the virus and, and uh, people that have died. And, and it's really, really serious. And, um, and so we kind of get consumed with that. But at some point, we kind of accept that this is the reality, at, at least for now. Uh, and, and so we start to look for meaning or purpose in all of this in the midst of, of tragedy. Uh, and we begin to ask questions like, what good can come out of this very bad thing? Or, or can we redeem this in, in some sort uh, of way? And, and that's kind of what I want to talk about. I, we've talked about the, the fear that this creates and how God uh, is with us in the midst of that. And, and we don't need to be afraid because uh, we trust God. And I hope you've been, you've been saying that when the, these things come up. Say, I trust God or we trust God. Uh, because we really do. And that's ultimately the antidote uh, for fear is, is trusting God, no matter, no matter what happens. But uh, when it comes to this idea of finding good, kind of turning the corner and beginning to see the good in all of this, and by the way, I've seen some of you online kind of looking for the good, you know, let's look on the bright side of this and kind of listing things, and that's, that's a wonderful thing uh, to do. But here's what I know that the Bible teaches about this concept, and I have personally experienced in, in my life and in my walk with Christ, and that is this. Uh, if we are willing to open our eyes to what God is doing... We can often see God at work in the difficult circumstances of life. If we are willing to open our eyes to what God is doing, we can often see God at work in difficult circumstances in our lives. Even in worldwide pandemics, we can see God at work in the midst of all of this. Uh, God isn't fretting about this. God wasn't surprised. God God isn't worrying about this. Uh, God doesn't have panic attacks, any of that sort of thing. Uh, He just goes to work in in the midst of of all of this. And, And God, for sure, is at work in this pandemic. I want to say that again. God is at work in this pandemic. And God is at work in your life and in mine. And God is at work in our church. God is on the move even when all of these things happen. In fact, I would argue that sometimes God gets more work done during these situations than others. Because we're kind of tuned into God. All of a sudden people are praying again. All of a, they're looking to God for, for direction in, in all of this. And so God is, is at work in this. And everything God touches, he makes better. Everywhere Jesus went, he left people better. Uh, everything God gets involved with, he redeems in some way. That is, he buys back. He makes it better. He takes the bad thing. And, and it's not that the bad thing is good, but that he can bring good out of it. In fact, there's a really great verse um, I, I just love. And I paraphrase it all the time. But I want to read the whole verse to you. It's Romans 8, uh, 28. Uh, and it says this. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose. And that verse kind of paraphrased for me is God brings good 
out about. In, in all things, in fact, the, the original word for all things there, it, it carries a unique idea of both uh, the broad spectrum of like everybody, everywhere, all the time, no matter what, everybody, and at the same time of every single individual. So it's really a strong word when, that, that in all things uh, God is at work. In every big thing and every little thing, uh, God is there. Every single one. He has not missed a, a one of them. Uh, and I know that God is going to continue to bring good out of bad. So let me read this again. And we know, and we know that in all things, every single thing, God works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purposes. Uh, and he does this in all kinds of ways, wonderful ways, uh, big ways, small ways. Uh, God works in, in the midst of them to, to bring life and to do things for us. And, and I've, I've lived on both ends of those spectrums, you know. We all know my cancer story where God did a really big thing in the midst of a really bad thing, you know. And everybody wants to say, wow, that's really cool, look at God, you know. And, and I'll tell you, this is, this is just, I don't, I hesitate to tell people this because it sounds almost superstitious. But I have been known to misplace things like my keys and things like that. And I have just noticed over a long pattern of walking with the Lord that, that when, when I get done panicking and I stop, I say, Lord, please help me find my keys. I'm about to be late for something or I got, you know, help me with. And just every time, it's just not very long after that, I find what it is God wants me uh, what, what I need to do in, in all of that. And so uh, big things and, and little things, God is as at work. So let me ask you this question this morning. Do you want to wait until it's all over to see God at work? Or do you want to join him in the work bringing good and bringing uh, in the work of bringing good and seeing what God is doing now? And so the, that's actually the question. I mean, often in the rearview mirror, we can see where God is at work. But I really want to challenge us, uh, and I think there's great hope and joy when we can see God in the midst of the struggle and in the midst of all of that, and we can partner with him uh, in, in the work. Um, and, and since you're not asking, answering back, I'm going to assume you want to join me uh, in this conversation. So see, there's one good thing right there that's come out of this. You can't tell me you don't want me to go down uh, this direction. So this is the situation. Um, how have you seen God bringing good out of bad in this particular situation? Just take a sec to think about this. Maybe say it out loud. How have you seen God working in this particular pandemic? Uh, running from the healthcare to having to stay at home, all those sorts of things. I'll, I'll tell you, one of the nice things for us is that I can do a fair amount of work from home and Jody's uh, at home. And it's just nice to spend more time with my wife. Normally we're going 6,000 directions and she works full time and I work a lot of hours and, and oddball hours and all that kind of stuff. And it's just, it's just been nice to, to, to be with her. That's, that's a good thing that's been brought out of this. Another good thing is our kids are at home too. So we've been calling them up and having more video chats. That's a, a good thing that's come out. Does that outweigh the bad that's going on? No, not at all. But God is bringing good things. Those are, are little things, but, but wonderful sorts of things. How is God bringing good out of this bad situation. What, name that kind of in your life. Maybe uh, it's, it's people helping people. We're seeing that all over our community where people are helping other people. Uh, family time, like I talked about. Um, reminded uh, of the courage and sacrifice of, of medical personnel. One of the good things that's come out of this, I think, has been is put a spotlight on, on the fact that, that not only are our veterans heroes, our medical people are heroes, our nurses and our doctors. And they literally have run toward danger when everyone else is literally running home and, 
and, and kind of hunkering down, uh, they, they continue to go. And we need to continue to pray for them. And I just want to say in our church in particular, we have a number of medical people and a lot of nurses that are right on the front line. And so I just want to encourage you to continue to pray for uh, all of the medical personnel in, in our church and, and around the world who are literally putting their life on the line. And so um, now I want to suggest to you one, this is kind of where I want to go with this this morning. I, I want to suggest to you a good that God is bringing out of this bad that might not be real apparent, but is real important, you know? And that's why sometimes important things you don't see quite as well, but, but they really are important. And, and here's what, what I think is going on. One of the good things that God is doing in the midst of all of that is this. We are experiencing a forced Sabbath. Sabbath is being forced on us. We, we, we don't like it, you know, it's, it's hard for us. We're being forced to stay home, you know. Uh, we're, we're being, you know, we can't go to work or maybe you're not working as much or you're working differently or, or if you're working from home, you're saving sometimes hours every day, you know, not having to drive back. You know, if you drive an hour each way, that's two hours, that's 10 hours a week if you work five days a week that, that are being put back into the schedule. And so uh, th- this is kind of being forced on us, this rest for us. Uh, and so I I just want to encourage us. I'm going to talk a little bit about what Sabbath is and how to use it. But, but I want to encourage you that maybe one of the things the Holy Spirit can teach us in this time is to embrace Sabbath and the power of Sabbath in, in the midst of this time when it's, when it's imposed on it. Let's, let's not waste this, this Sabbath that has been forced on us. Let, let's learn from it. Let's grow spiritually from it. Sabbath is an important, important part of our, our relationship to God. And I'm just going to be really transparent I am the worst at Sabbath. I really struggle with Sabbath. Uh, even on my day off, I'll work for a few hours in the morning. It was kind of a habit I got into when, I was, when our kids were small and I could work before they got up. And, and, I, and I'm going to try and learn this too. So I'll pray for you, you pray for me. But let, let's learn uh, about Sabbath um, and it's something good for each of us. And so here's some of the things I know about Sabbath. Sabbath is a gift from God. It's, it's not just an abstract rule. It's a gift from God. In fact, the word Sabbath, the Hebrew word is Sabbath. Say Sabbath. Uh, uh, it literally means to cease or to stop. That's what it means. Cease or, or stop. And if there's, we've had a cease and a stop going on in us right now. Uh, and in the Ten Commandments, uh, how many of you know which number it was? Anybody? It's number four. Um, it's, an, it's an important thing. There's an important context for this. So you remember the children of Israel are, are stuck in, in Egypt and they are slaves. And, and slaves have to work seven days a week. They work long hours. There's no days off. There's, it's, it's a very hard life. They have no rights whatsoever. Uh, and, and so it is in that context. Then they come out of Egypt. God does this wonderful miracle, delivers them, gets them across the Red Sea, delivers them from Pharaoh's armies. Uh, and they come to the mountain and Moses goes up and he comes down with these Ten Commandments, right? These ten things, this kind of uh, proto-theology, the very beginning of understanding this relationship to God, to Yahweh, that they had not really understood uh, before. Uh, and, and one of the really cool things about Sabbath, this day you shall remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy, the rest day, the cease day to keep it holy, is it, it did some interesting sort of things. It, it gave women rights for the first time because even women were allowed 
to not work on the Sabbath. Not just allowed, we're required to not work on the Sabbath. E even children didn't work on the Sabbath. Even slaves didn't work on the Sabbath. Everybody gets a Sabbath. And so there's this wonderful gift in the midst of a world where they just work themselves literally to death of this, this rest time. Uh, and it wasn't just for the men who were in charge, and this was a gift for them too, because they would tend to fall into the pattern of continuing to work seven days a week. But, but God did this wonderful thing where he, he said, uh, you are not machines, you, you are people. Uh, you have a different, different way of relating to the world, uh, and you have the, the right, the God-given, if you want to talk about God-given rights, the Ten Commandments are a God-given right to rest uh, on, on Sabbath. Uh, day. And, and, and then there's, there, there's more in that. A part of this is also a reflection of Genesis where God rested on the seventh day. So there's a, we talk about Imago Dei created in the image. There's a sense in which uh, God has created us for this. This is a way in which we reflect God, this, this work for six days and then rest on, on the seventh day. And, and this was gigantic for the Jews. This is one of the, the really big commandments. You were not supposed to to, to do this. And, and it, it wasn't a recommendation, you know, it wasn't a suggestion. It was, it was a command, and they really enforced it. Um, in some ways, I think we have lost that, that sense of that command. I mean, most of the commandments we wouldn't break. Those would be really bad, but, but sometimes this one's hard. And again, I'm, I'm, I'm the chief offender here uh, with all of that. And, and in Jesus' day, they kind of went overboard with the whole command thing. And I think that's part of the problem now. We've kind of, the pendulum has swung back, and maybe it's time for it to swing back uh, the other way. They had lots of rules about how far you could walk and, and what you could do. And ultimately, in Mark chapter 2, uh, Jesus said something that's really life-giving uh, for me, because I kind of grew up in a period where uh, they didn't want you to do anything on the Sabbath. You weren't supposed to even go out. A lot of kids couldn't go out and play on the Sabbath, which is not what the Sabbath was about. But in, G in Mark 2, Jesus said this, Sabbath was made for humanity, not humanity for Sabbath. So this stopping should be a liberating, freeing, life-giving sort of thing for us rather than a, a set of rules about what you can't do. This is for you. You are created in God's image and Sabbath is, is for you. And, and I really believe that the Holy Spirit uh, uses Sabbath as a tool to grow us and make us like him. It's, it's one of the tools he, he uses and when we neglect it, we put it aside, then we kind of take that out of his hand. And, and I believe the Holy Spirit in this time wants to teach us about Sabbath, about, about rest, about stopping. And so let me, let me kind of walk through what I think are some of the really great uh, gifts of, of Sabbath. And, and this comes from a whole bunch of, uh, of different sources. But one of them is that Sabbath prioritizes rest. Uh, we live in a world where it's really easy to not rest. We are, we are good at work and not so good at, at rest. That, that's hard for us. And really, in the last couple of hundred years, it, it has really changed. And what's really changed that is the widespread use of electricity. You never thought of electricity as a temptation before, but, but I was kind of working on this one. I thought, well, yeah, electricity is kind of a temptation because before electricity and electric lights and, and those kinds of things, uh, when it got dark, you kind of had to stop working. I mean, you could maybe get a candle or a little thing, but you couldn't really do nearly as much. And so there was kind of this enforced Sabbath, if you will, this enforced rest uh, that, that was uh, a part of, of, of just life, of just the lights go out. God turns the lights out, time to go to bed kind of a thing. Um, and so uh, Sabbath prioritizes that. It makes us uh, do it whether we like it or not. It's, it's important for us. Um, and so uh, we live in a challenging time. We live in a time where businesses are open 24-7. Many of you have jobs where you have to connect with people on the other side of the world. And so there's schedules. I know some of you get up like 
way early in the morning to make phone calls to like India or someplace on the other side of the world. Uh, but Sabbath reminds us that rest matters. And not just to our own bodies. We think, well, I'm tough. I can just push it through. But God commanded it. And so you can maybe argue with your doctor, but don't argue with God. And, and then uh, Sabbath reminds us there is more to life than work. Uh, God and, and people are the only thing that really matter. Uh, and when you get, you get to heaven, nobody's going to care very much about what you did for a living or how many cars you had or how big your house was. I'm not against any of those things. I, I work is in my DNA. Uh, but, but at the end of the day, I have to be reminded, I guess I'm preaching to myself here, that there is more to life than, than work. Work is urgent, okay? It's, it's hard. Uh, but, but the things that are important are sometimes less urgent but more important. Your relationship to God. Your relationship to your family or, or to your friends, those are, those are things that really, really matter. And so during this forced Sabbath, uh, focus on relationship. This is a great opportunity to do some of that, to call up old friends, to, to play games with your family that's at the house, to play games online with, with other friends to connect. This, this last week, something really cool happened. I've often told you I have a very, very, very dear friend that lives uh, in, in Kansas City who's uh, been a, an accountability partner in the past and all, all kinds of things like that. And um, he just called me up out of the blue. He's recently retired. Uh, and, and he just said, hey, Craig, how you doing? What's going on? <laughs> I was in the middle of working, you know. I was at home trying to get all this stuff done. And, um, and he called me up and I'm like, hey, Joe. And th there was just kind of this wonderful Sabbath, this wonderful rest, this wonderful break in, in the midst of all of that. And so I just, I just want to remind you, life uh, that, that rest, uh, the Sabbath reminds us that there's more to work, more to life than uh, a work. Maybe call somebody up. Uh, they're, they're working from home too, you know. Uh, call them up, connect. How you doing? Connect with old friends. Uh, connect on Sabbath. Connect, connect, connect. There's more to life than work. And what that is is relationships. And they really, really matter. And then um, Sabbath tests our faith. This is a little less obvious. In the ancient world, it was, it was more obvious. In the ancient world, uh, you had to work to eat. And there was sometimes a direct connection between today's work and today's eating. And if you took a day off, you might not eat because they were not food secure in, in that time. Uh, and, and so uh, for, for the Isra Israelis, for the Jews to say, we're going to take one day out, out of seven and we're going to take it off and not work, was a huge act uh, of faith. And it was every time they did that, they, they said with their actions as well as with with their words, we trust God for our supply. We recognize that God is our supplier, not our work. Work is the way God wants us to get at that, but ultimately God is the supplier. Uh, and, and frankly, there's a lot of us in this boat right now who are worried about, about your finances and worried about your jobs and, and all, all of that and what happens if we can't go back to work, all of that sort of thing. I just want to say to you, your work is not your supply. God is your supply. Work is the way he gets there, and he'll watch out for you in all of this, but we trust God, and Sabbath reminds us uh, of that. And then uh, Sabbath encourages us, uh, encourages renewal in, in our lives, uh, like physical sleep, uh, that kind of thing. This is a great time to sleep in a little, you know? Uh, it's a great time for the kids to sleep in a little. We, we need the, the physical, the, the emotional renewal, the spiritual renewal. What are you doing to renew yourself? Here's a time where you can do some of those sorts of things uh, that, that, that renew and, and, and give, you, give you life. Uh, start a hobby, uh, you know, read a book, uh, do things that you find pleasurable, all of those sorts of things uh, to kind of renew yourself physically and emotionally and mentally and, and spiritually. That was a part of Sabbath was it kind of paused the rush of life 
in order to kind of renew and bring life again. And again, one of those things is, is, is sleep. That's an important sort of thing, which leads to this one, and that is this. Sabbath creates sacred rhythm in, in our lives. If you look at creation, the ancient people um, understood time as circular. We tend to see it as linear. But, but they saw all these cycles. So like one of them is the cycle we have of, of wakefulness and asleep, right? So we, we work for and live for so many hours, and then we need to sleep for so many hours. About seven, eight hours, they say, a, a night. We need, there's a cycle there. They, they would look at creation, and they, they would see the, the seasons that changed from, you know, a, you know, summer and fall and winter and, and spring. And it, there, was a, there was a cycle that, that was a, a part of all of that. There was a, a, a rhythm. And, and God did this in, in creation. It's, it's a part of it. And we're a part of that. And so the seventh day is that spiritual cycle, that spiritual circle. We work, we, we, we uh, give out during all of those other days. And then we have this sacred rhythm where one day a week we stop. <laughs> and we let God fill us up. Uh, again uh, in in our lives this that's where the spiritual rhythm uh, in that and we're again created like God Uh, and then Sabbath creates space for spirituality Uh, Sabbath is is one of the primary tools that the spirit uses uh, to to mold us just like prayer or bible study or preaching and teaching or looking at nature or all the ways in which God uh, speaks to you in powerful sorts of ways uh, Sabbath is one of those tools, and we take that out of his chest. Again, it just isn't really helpful for us. And so uh, it calls us, we're called to make Sabbath holy, to make it a time when we think about God and we process about God, um, and, and it renews our, our lives. And so I would encourage you, maybe this is a good time to get back to reading the Bible or, or get back to prayer or uh, get back to reading a book about things spiritual or uh, start a Bible study group. You can do Zoom. Zoom's a great way to do it. Uh, and we, have, we can actually help with, uh, you know, longer than the 40 minutes that the free thing uh, does. Uh, but, but do something for your spirituality. Do something to draw nearer to God uh, during this time. Sabbath creates space for spirituality. And so let's, uh, let's talk quickly then about some Sabbath uh, strategies uh, together here. Uh, just kind of some things to do. This is a checkoff. This is a practical ap- application. Number one, uh, Rest. Stop doing things that tax you, that you don't have to do. Uh, I, I, I really believe with all of my heart that one of the primary ways the devil attacks us, especially in these days, is when we get fatigued. Uh, very often when people get themselves into trouble, there was something they were tired of. They were physically tired. They were emotionally tired. They were tired of the situation they were in. They were, and, and when they got really, really tired, then that's when they, they made a poor choice. And that's when things went wrong. And so uh, this is this enforced Sabbath rest uh, in this time. Find new ways to rest uh, physically, emotionally, spiritually, all of those sorts of things. And then uh, recharge. Start doing things that give you energy. Uh, hobbies, books, uh, whatever it is, find a way to, to recharge your batteries during this season. Uh, you may never have this opportunity again where we're all being forced to, to be at home. So uh, find ways uh, to, to recharge. And some of you introverts may have to help some of us extroverts with all of this because we get energy from people and now we can't be with people. And so you can help. My wife is trying to help me because she's an introvert and I'm, I'm clearly uh, an extrovert. And then uh, refocus. Expand, learn something new, start a new hobby, start a new project, uh, find something new you've always been, I've always wanted to, and then, you know, now I'm going to uh, do this. I, I saw a meme this week on, on Facebook that I thought captured it pretty well. It said, for years I've been saying I was going to do a deep cleaning of the house, but I never had time. 
Now I have time and I discovered that wasn't the reason I didn't do the deep cleaning of the house. I, I think that's the way with hobbies sometimes. We think, hey, I should start this, I should do this. Uh, but refocus, find something, learn something new, uh, do something new in that. Enrich your life. If I could use another word here, be enrich. Enrich your life in new ways during this Sabbath time. And then remember, remember the story. God's story. Uh, be sure and tell God's story to one another. God's got this. I trust God. Here's how God has helped in the past. Uh, those sorts of things. Your family stories. This is a great time to share the family stories. Uh, you know, how God had worked in your family or cool things God had done in your families. Do not let your children grow up and grandparents, do not let your grandchildren grow up without knowing the family stories. Those are so, so important. They give us our identity, especially the ones relating to our relationship uh, with God. Call old friends. Uh, remember together with them. Uh, they have time on their hands too. And then um, rediscover Sabbath. That's what we want to do, this, this, this discipline of rediscovering Sabbath. And then lastly, I just want to do real quickly here, um, other strategies. There's other ways in which God is, is working besides Sabbath. I really wanted to cover that one because my responsibility to you is your spiritual life. Uh, but, but there are other ways, and so I want to um, show you some other ways in which God uh, brings uh, good. So here's, here's a good out of bad game plan uh, to, to find these sorts of things. Number one, when you're looking for the good in the midst of the bad, uh, wait for it. <laughs> uh, those that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength, the Bible says. And that's one of those verses that people have quoted to me a lot, I think just because I'm impatient. But, but, but wait for it. Uh, maybe, maybe what God is trying to teach you is to wait itself. That has always been a hard one. But, but wait for it. Wait for God to, to show you what he's doing. Uh, and then number two, uh, look for it. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you, Jesus said, when talking about all the kind of the, the stuff of like, act, actively look for where God is at work. Sometimes we miss it because we're not looking for it or we're not even thinking about it. But God is doing bad, or God is doing good in the midst of the bad. So open your eyes spiritually to where God may be at, at work in all of this. Don't let yourself get caught in this kind of really hyper-negative, fear-based kind of glasses where the world is falling apart and it's all coming to an end. Someday Jesus is going to come back and that'll be good news. But until then, God is at work uh, in the world, so look for it. And, and then embrace it. Uh, when you see where God is moving, uh, get on board with what he's doing. Jesus always was saying to people, come and follow me uh, in all of this. And so uh, embrace it. I, there's a preacher that likes to say, uh, he lives in a surfing kind of place and he talks about surfing in relationship to God. And he says, uh, God makes the wave all we do is we ride it as surfers. And, and that's really true. God has made this wave, you know, the, the waves. I don't know that God caused this pandemic. God didn't cause this pandemic. But, but we just ride the, the situation that's going on. And then uh, tell someone about it. Uh, you will be witnesses, Jesus said. Tell the, the people around you. Get on our, our new Facebook lobby and tell people what God is doing in your life or how God is moving or where you see him at work. Tell your friends. Uh, call someone up and, and tell them. You can send me an email. And, hey, here's where God is bringing good out of bad in, in the midst of all of this. Because we just believe that God brings good out of bad and we trust him through, through all of this. So we're going to continue to worship in, in giving. And this is a great time uh, for you to... Uh, to go on our online app or on the web page or you can go directly to the push pay page or you can write a check and, and send it however however you want to do that but I do want to say thank you to those of you who continue to give in the midst of this obviously giving is is way down and we're cutting all the expenses we possibly uh, can uh, but we have expenses that go on you still have to kind of keep the heat on and, and some of those sorts of things um, and we're constantly reviewing how we can uh, do better through all of this and we know that for a lot of you your financial situation
situation has changed. And so your giving has maybe changed. Uh, no guilt. No guilt. We understand that. And we trust God. And you trust God uh, through all of this as well. God is, is really our, our supply through all of this. So let me pray. And then Carl and his family are going to come back and do, do a number. And then I'll be back and do the benediction. Father God, thank you that we can trust you through all of this. Uh, that you are in charge, Father, that you, uh, that you have this, Lord, that, that we uh, can be confident in it, Father. And not only can we uh, uh, avoid being afraid by putting our trust in you, Father, but that, that you open our eyes to, to the ways in which you're working in our world, that we have hope because we see you at, at work in the midst of us, Father. So give us eyes that, that see the good things that you're bringing out of this very bad thing, Father. And then help us to get on board with what you're doing. Show us ways that we can partner, Father, with the work of the kingdom. And, and Father, I, I pray that you would, you would grant us Sabbath rest. I know that's one of those things that we might be renewed and refreshed and, and ready to go when the, when the time is there, Father. We just love you. We thank you, Father, that, that you are the king of the universe and that you are glorified in this and that uh, our lives and, and our futures are in you. And we trust God. We say to you again and again and again, we love you, we love you, we love you. And we ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.